0: Hey, everyone, I want to do a quick video about a method of control. So I'm writing this book about mind control and how it's done and used against us and how we can protect ourselves from it. And I went through and I listed out a number of techniques used across mediums. And one very important technique that I'm trying to better understand and and formalize and spell out is, uh, you know, authority appeal to authority, Um, there's just this notion in humans to obey authority. And I don't know, I guess maybe some of that is innate and some of that is learned, but I think a lot of it is pushed upon us from an early age, especially with, say, the schooling systems and uh, entertainment, television, movies. So let's look at the definition of authority to start off the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce in obedience. And do you think that anybody actually has this? See, oftentimes they put on a political spectrum, collectivist on the left, individual on the right. And this is very, this is a very collectivist idea that the that for the sake of the group, some people need to be able to make the ultimate decision and everybody else has to go along with it. On the far right of that spectrum, where you just have people wanting to be left alone, and you just want people uh, to be free and individual liberty and voluntarianism, um, this doesn't make as much sense, except for maybe with a business or contracts or something where the employee wouldn't have the same say as the owner of the company. So there there's certain circumstances, I guess, where you would have uh, the need for authority within an organization. The problem is our entire society is one big organization that's a hierarchy and a social order. And that's why you have things like disorderly conduct and sedition and all these laws to prevent too much disruption to the order. And then the higher up, in the order the people are, the more authority they have. And then we have these institutions, like I call it Mr. Cage, media, religion, corporations, academia, uh, governments, and entertainment, all these different institutions that when infiltrated can be wielded to great effect, to great influence. And um, oftentimes we see them played off each other and then they they hold up these people. They say, these are the authorities, Everybody has to listen to what these people say. They get to make the decision. They get to give the orders. Everyone else has to follow the orders and say what they say or get censored. And we see this a lot. And it's, it's very interesting to me that this is such an important uh, tool. It's a pillar of their propaganda and control mechanism, this authoritarianism. So let's look at that concept here, authoritarianism. Uh, Wikipedia describes it as a form of government characterized by strong central power and limiting political freedoms. Political scientists have created many typologies describing variations of authoritarian forms of government. Okay. Uh, But to me, it's just this, it's a very hierarchical uh, form of government, very oppressive, if you're lower in the hierarchy, very great, Uh, well relatively great if you're at the top of the hierarchy if you're on the inside of the totalitarianism it's a lot better than if you're not on the inside and or if you're a dissenter right so the reason i bring this up another well the the first reason i was going to bring this up is because of what youtube is telling us and what all these different tech companies are telling us um about raising up authoritative outlets. And uh, let me show you this article here. This is YouTube's official blog, an article called The Four R's of Responsibility. And they talk about these four pillars of their program to rig the information flow. And they all start with an R. They have a a one word header here. So the first one is remove. Remove content that violates our policy as quickly as possible. So they have content that's not allowed on their site, and they, they will delete it. Number two, raise. Raise up authoritative voices when people are looking for breaking news and information. Now that is key. Authoritative voices when people are looking for information, which is everything. Everything of importance, at least to me as somebody who's concerned about uh, censorship and the free flow of information and independent voices, independent journalists, everyone having a fair shake. Um, I don't want them... Raising up authoritative voices when people are looking for information. Now, I guess I could be convinced if I agreed with their assessment of who was right, and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, let's put that at the top because that's that's right, but that's subjective. Well, it's not subjective, but people can. Co- I mean, I often come to the different, often come to a different conclusion assessment than these tech companies, and I think that they're corrupt and they're going along with the program with these. Um, authority figures like the world health organization we have right here uh, a joint statement from facebook reddit google linkedin microsoft and twitter and youtube um, came out march 16th of this year 2020 remember the pandemic was declared by the world health organization on march the 16th and they all came out marching in lockstep saying that they would defer to government agencies government healthcare agencies and that they would work collectively between all these different groups and the government to combat fraud and misinformation about the virus, elevating authoritative content on the platforms. So just to finish the the four R's, the other ones are reward, the trusted eligible creators and artists, and reduce the spread of content that brushes right up against our policy line. All right, and I could go go in on all of this stuff and talk about um, the impact of the you know the the systemic impact of how they can reward people on videos or take away their their monetization when they do something wrong and they can get people to toe the line and and use the carrot and the stick as appropriate all with artificial intelligence and we will talk about that in future but i want to focus this episode on authority authoritarianism authoritative voices and why this is a technique used against us and how it's used against us. So, the last R is reduce, reduce the spread of content that brushes up against our policy line. So, that's the shadow banning. That's where they reduce the spread. Now, the other side of the authority coin is obedience. Obedience is defined here as compliance with an order, request, or law, or submission to another's authority. So, it reminds me of that movie, They Live. Where every time he put on the glasses that allowed him to see, he saw all the messaging was telling him to obey, and that's really what we get subliminally from a very young age. I mentioned the schooling system earlier and how we're taught, we're forced really to um, be obedient to our teacher's authority and our parents' authority. Uh, from a very young age, we're taught to get in line and not be the squeaky wheel. Now this is very interesting. Um, just the other day, a few days ago on 10-2, the House of Representatives, Congress, came out and condemned QAnon and all of the conspiracy theories it promotes, which I think is the most interesting part of this. They say, um, from questioning the truth about the September 11th terrorist attacks to believing in alien landings to denying the safety of vaccines. So, On all of these, they have their scientific authorities. You know what? I'm also going to leave out the alien landings for this one, but the September 11th attacks and the denying the safety of vaccines, um, those are very important issues, given that one is going to be forced into people possibly, and the other one uh, is crucial in understanding the history of the United States and the power complex. So I just think it's very interesting that all of these same issues all get attacked by all of the different institutions. The government attacks it. The tech companies attack it. The media attacks it. The corporations attack it. Entertainment attacks it. Why? Is it because it's wrong or is it because they want to use their authoritarianism on people's minds? So speaking of authority, let's think of some of these authoritative voices that Google props up. And the the uh, the new the, uh, government here, Congress, House of Representatives... Some of the news outlets that they prop up, well, BBC and CNN, right? Those are two of the most authoritative uh, (laughs) news outlets. Well, watch this. They pre-reported by 30 minutes one of the most anomalous events in the history of mankind. The World Trade Center Building 7 building uh, falling directly into its footprint at near freefall speed completely. um, It's crazy. Watch this. BBC and CNN pre-report Building 7's anomalous implosion as if it already collapsed. How did CNN and BBC pre-report on the near-total, symmetrical, and nearly free-fall collapse of the 47-story tall steel structure called the Solomon Brothers Building, World Trade Center 7? How did they have this foreknowledge? I think this is very telling as it points and strongly implicates that CNN and BBC were in on the plot, they were in on the script, or they were trusting people and are covering up for people who were in on the script, in on the plot. It's one or the other. And right after internet researchers started finding this and calling this out, BBC started doing damage control. They had an article called Part of the Conspiracy? Where they said that they had nothing to do with pre-reporting Building 7. And then after getting so much flack about lying about it, In that article they had to come out in an article called part of the conspiracy question mark part two where they admitted that they pre-reported the collapse of building seven but they say that they got it from somebody else probably they're like I don't I don't know how we could have pre-reported it but somebody else pre-reported it too so we must have heard it from them totally nonsensical we can't believe these people they've proven themselves to be deceivers. This is very important that we share this BBC, CNN, pre-reported Building 7 collapsing. Watch the tape.
1: Now, more on the latest building collapse in New York. You might have heard a few moments ago, it was talking about the Salomon Brothers building collapsing. And indeed it has. It seems that this was not a result of a new attack. It was because the building had been weakened. Uh, during uh, this morning's attacks. We'll probably find out more now about that from our correspondent Jane Stanley. Jane, what more can you tell us about the Salomon Brothers building and its collapse? Well, only really what you already know. Details are very, very sketchy. As you can see behind me, the uh, Trade Center appears to be still burning. We see these huge clouds of smoke and ash and we know that behind that there's an empty piece of what was a very familiar New York skyline, a symbol of the financial prosperity of this city, but uh, completely disappeared now and New York is still unable to take on board what has happened to them today. Presumably there were very few people in the Salomon building when it collapsed. I mean, there were, I suppose, fears of possible further collapses around the area. That's what you would hope because they don't really know where to turn and that's the very sad thing i think there's going to be a lot of very very traumatized people that, that has hit them very very hard
0: a lot of very very traumatized people very interesting word selection there um given what we know here in this community of researchers and the the trauma-based mind control side of this all
1: jane i think many of us when we heard the news perhaps on the radio earlier today were uh, completely flabbergasted by it and and just couldn't un- comprehend it. I mean, it was—it almost sounded too far-fetched. Um, I was wondering what it's felt like for you being in Manhattan. Well, unfortunately, I think we've lost the line with uh, Jane Stanley in Manhattan.
2: Now, here we're going to show you a videotape of the collapse itself. Now we go to videotape the collapse of the screen. Amazing, incredible picture, word.
1: Too far fetched. For
2: the third time today, it's reminiscent of those pictures we've all seen too much on television before, when a building was deliberately destroyed, destroyed by well-placed dynamite to knock it down. Perez, The Israeli foreign minister, a long-time Israeli leader in any number of governments joining us from Jerusalem tonight where it is a little bit after 11 o'clock, about 10 minutes after 11. Thank you, sir, for joining us. We are getting information now that one of the other buildings, Building 7 in the World Trade Center complex, is on fire and has either collapsed or is collapsing. And I, I, you, to be honest, can see these pictures a little bit more clearly than I. But building number seven, one of the buildings in this a very large complex of buildings that is the Trade Center, there were, the, there were, and that is the right way to put it, there were the two towers, but then there are a number of support buildings around it, uh, retail spaces, restaurants, office space, garages. Uh, the trains come in from uh, New Jersey bringing commuters taking commuters back come into the complex that is the World Trade Center and now we are told that there's a fire there and that building may collapse as well as you can see. Um, We can see as we look now back downtown uh, we can see the billowing smoke Um, it is extraordinary to us I guess is how long this scene has gone on. The smoke has, has not cleared at all. It has not lightened at all. There was that horrific moment when the towers collapsed. And then we've been in this sort of situation ever since, as the fires continue to burn. Rose Arce, uh, one of our uh, producers who has been slowly and diligently making her way to the building, described the fires that she saw in the area of the, of the towers themselves. And clearly, those fires continue to burn at about 4.15 Eastern Daylight Time today in an unbelievable and awful scene in New York. Judy?
0: So we're going to be doing more of these nine. All right, so BBC, so far ahead, so authoritative that they can uh, sometimes get a few uh, pages ahead on the script, I guess. But really, the point here is why do we have all of these so-called authoritarian, or no, excuse me, authoritative outlets and governments and all these different, uh, what, what are they called, Pla- tech platforms? Why are they all covering this up and then pretending like they have the upper hand? Like, they're they're claiming to be authorities, but not in the bad sense, it seems. I mean, they don't really specify, but it's almost as if they uh, want to just... Because they're so smart and they're so educated, they want to be able to make the decisions about what's right and what's wrong, what's truthful and what's a lie. And um, in reality, it seems like they just want to dictate our reality. They want to just tell us what to believe and we just go along with it and we say, okay, yes, we'll, we'll let you decide. We'll follow your orders. We'll believe what you want us to so very concerning to me. And uh, I wanted to share a, an experiment that you might have heard of, the Milgram experiment. And I think this one very well demonstrates how people have uh, a trust in authority and will do what authority commands them to do. They'll obey. And in the experiment, uh, two of the three people are in on the experiment. The only person who's not in on the experiment is the so-called teacher so the teacher's uh, asking the questions, and if they get it wrong, they administer a shock. They think they're actually shocking the people. The experimenter kind of keeps nudging the the teacher along, and the learner uh, is an actor who gets questions wrong and uh, will uh, yell out in pain. And the results are that the teacher, the actual person they're studying and observing, uh, went to surprising levels surprising percentage of the time um, in terms of what they would do to this person shock wise and I think that that's very interesting um, it talks about here the um, obeying of an authority figure who instructed them to perform acts even if they conflicted with their personal conscience and it's it's been debated a little bit back and forth but this of course happened at Yale University and I think that the name brand of that school must have added to the authoritative power of the experimenter here. So by the, so it means by the time these young men, and, and I don't know if there were any women um, subjects in this experiment, but by the time they were in their young adulthood, they had this tendency to obey authority or they had a drive to obey authority for whatever reason. And it's, it's definitely, in part, the conditioning they received over their lives. Maybe something innate to humans or to animals about obeying people with power or something. But um, yeah, I just wanted to add that in as well. But it's very interesting that they use the word authoritative voices. Remember, going back to the four R's of responsibility. The second R, raise. Raise up authoritative voices when people are looking for breaking news and information. So... It, The word authoritative actually breaks down to the word author um, as its root, which is interesting. Here's another thing that I think is really interesting about YouTube. This got leaked in its source code. So on any web page, you can right-click and do view page source. And then also you can open up the um, what's called the developer tools. You can go through their source code. You can see what variables values are in their code. And so I guess some people were looking through there and surprisingly, they were able to find something called a P score. And I don't know if Google intended for that to get out there or they, if they thought people wouldn't figure out what it meant, but it's a very interesting insight into how YouTube makes decisions. So they they've told us before that they prop up authoritative voices, but let's look at how they kind of do that behind the scenes as well. So YouTube's P-score says more about the platform than its users. Okay, so this article kind of breaks it down a little bit. We'll read between the lines. So the P-score is generated for each YouTube channel using five metrics. Popularity. Passion. How engaged is the audience? Uh, protection. How suitable is the channel for advertisers? That one just kind of like could mean anything, of course. Uh, platform. How suitable is the channel's content for different and larger screens? Production, how high is the production quality of the channel's content? So the big budget programs, the big budget um, operations score very highly on this. So I think they give some examples about, say, Stephen Colbert's show scoring. Yeah, right here. uh, Top 10 YouTube P scores at number one and two with very close scores. The Late Show with Stephen Colbert and Late Night with Seth Meyers with 10050 about. And then Jimmy Fallon, just a little bit lower. Then Trevor Noah's Daily Show, a little bit after that. Just about on par with Jimmy Kimmel Live. Then CBC News, Fox News, Linus Tech Tips, BBC News, Will Smith. So this gives those people a big boost. And um, the question is, why? Do do we really want to give people a boost just for uh, these things? Or should we just let the uh, the free system of whatever's the best rise to the top? So I also want to cover here this, this document, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. There's this part here that I think is very interesting. The public might instinctually feel that something is wrong, but that is because of the technical nature of the silent weapon. They cannot express their feeling in a rational way or handle the problem with intelligence. Therefore, they do not know how to cry for help and they do not know how to associate with others to defend themselves against it. So I feel like they're just like telling us in our face or maybe we intercepted this document that we weren't supposed to get or maybe it's a hoax and somebody is just uh, trying to stir up some emotions in us. But this is is a very well-worded, Sinister idea here that it's so confusing They're working on so many levels that we couldn't even possibly piece it together and explain it and defend it as a Defend ourselves as a group and it just I don't know. It's it's so in my face that I just want to prove them wrong and I want to figure it out Express it in a rational way handle the problem with intelligence And associate with others So that was one reason why I did this episode here um method of control authority because I really wanted to start deep diving into what is it about authority that makes it such a good tool for the controllers to exploit and there's all sorts of different things that go along with it that keep it in power and there's this illusion there's things like um, collective punishment for for instance or just uh, policing schooling uh, childhood, which a lot of times the parents will be delegated their their uh their roles and they it's just part of the culture and the parents don't even know what they're doing. And I was trying to look for it real quick. I, I couldn't find it offhand. But um Project Veritas had a very interesting leak about YouTube and they had some sort of a credibility score or an authority score where certain ones got a big boost and other one's got a big uh, decline, suppression. And uh, that makes sense uh, given how they're, they're ra- they say in plain black and white right here, they want to raise up authoritative voices when people are looking for breaking news and information. So to raise up authoritative voices, they have to somehow decide who's authoritative, right? And that's a big decision if they're going to raise up the authoritative voices. So I think one way we could tell is by doing searches for break, breaking news topics and see who who they put forward on the search. You know, sometimes they throw it in your face right on the home page that some news story is breaking and they show you a couple news stories or uh, videos for it. Who are they showing us? And I think we know a couple of the big names like CBS, CNN, even Fox News. And uh, I'm sure each of those has a, a slightly different uh, score for their authority. And they can always take that score away if they ever uh go against the go against the stream but yeah that's that's what i wanted to cover here as far as authoritarianism this whole notion of rule by authority in this hierarchical system where they teach everyone to respect authority obey authority and then for the most part that does all the heavy lifting for them so My question, I guess at the end to leave you with, is should we obey authority just because they tell us to? I'm not saying always to do the opposite of what authority tells you to do, but I don't think there's any uh, glory in following orders, necessarily. I mean, maybe in some circumstances, but there's a lot of evil that can happen if we give people the power to call the shots, to burn the books, and then just give them free reign. So just something to think about, I appreciate everybody tuning by, um, stopping by, tuning in, and uh, more videos to come. Have a great day.